So massive thanks to Daryl Norkett, who's the Relationship Director at Lendwell. Fast experience in the property finance sector. And the interview focuses on the recent budget uh, by uh, Rishi Sunak. Um, so enjoy the podcast episode. If there's people you'd like me to interview on my podcast, feel free to let me know as well. Massive thanks. Uh, thanks to our listeners as well. I'm just going to share this on my uh, personal page. If you joined us on my business page, fantastic. Um, I'm just going to share on my personal page as well. Daryl, before we go into the nuts and bolts of yesterday's event with Rishi Sunak, um, whose name has become you know, one of the most famous chancellors in a very short space of time as well. Um, so uh, do you want to just explain to the listeners, first of all, who, who Lendwell is? Well, I, I share this to my personal page as well. Yeah, so Lendwell, we're a small specialist property finance lender. So most of us are the same team that are part of the the team that uh, grew Shawbrook Bank, including uh, Stephen Johnson, who originally was part of the team that set Shawbrook up and was deputy CEO there. And we decided to set up a, a smaller and um, private, more flexible lender in 2019. Started lending and um, obviously coronavirus hit. So we've had to kind of um, grapple with all those challenges as has everyone else, but we've managed to continue to lend. And we're very keen to offer bridging finance auction finance um, and conversion and development finance. Sorry, Daryl, you, you said bridging finance and then after? Auction. Uh, I was wondering what you said there. I thought you said fortune finance. No, not quite that. Um, look, fascinating though, yesterday with Rishi. Look, I didn't take much notice of the £10 gift voucher for restaurants. I know people are talking about it. I've seen a comment saying up north, you know, are people really going to be interested in it? I'm not, I really don't, two things. Um, you may have a bit more idea how it's going to be implemented. Is How do we get hold of that £10 gift, gift voucher? Um, the implementation sounds really good to me. So we don't have to do anything which is the key to make these sorts of things work. So you don't need to go on a website, you don't need to download anything, you don't have to do anything. So restaurants, pubs, takeaways, up and down the lands need to go and register with the government as of Monday next week for the scheme. And then when you go into the restaurant uh, participating um, place, they will just discount your bill. So it's super easy. So it just means if, even if you don't want to take part in the scheme, if you're going out to a participating restaurant in August anyway, you'll kind of end up taking part by default. So, so Daryl, sorry, sorry, because you'll probably be more up to date than me on this, even the restaurant bit. Um, so it starts at August, is that correct? Yeah, and it lasts for the, the whole of the month. Okay, so if you go to a participating restaurant, um, and you haven't had that voucher before i wonder how that's going to be implemented because you could be going out every night you know and getting yeah i don't think that i don't think anyone's really clear on how that works but i i, I suspect the government aren't too bothered really they just want people out and, and spending money and what i find really interesting about this is it's clearly a gimmick it's clearly a policy that's stolen all the headlines and actually you know everyone kind of getting a 10 pounds discount on their food isn't really going to solve the economic consequences of the coronavirus clearly but 
it's a really interesting piece of policy for me because this is not what a government normally does. So the stamp duty cut that we'll get onto later, that's the kind of thing governments do. They play with taxes, um, they play with monetary policy. But this is the equivalent of um, something that a marketing director at Pizza Express might have come up with. It's really quite interesting. And, and what I find exciting about it isn't what this scheme is in of, of itself, it's what it suggests about this government's commitment to make sure that they do absolutely everything within their power to keep the economy moving and to make sure the recovery is as quick as possible. And it's, it's that kind of sentiment that I like the most about it. Mm. it, it you could almost uh, call it a Keynesian move. Keen, John Maynard Keynes was very big Second World War, post-Second World War. Hopefully I've got my history right. It's been a long time. Um, I wasn't around Second World War, obviously, but um, literally it's about public works and public works and construction haven't stopped. In fact, I saw something from CoStar yesterday. I hope I've got this right, CoStar, so apologies if I haven't. But I think they said construction's actually increased during COVID-19, which I found surprising. But one thing which may not be surprising is um, the amount of new cycle lanes going in uh, to London and so forth. Um, I literally cycled the other day and literally every other street was closed because of, of road construction. Look, it's a good move for restaurants in, in, in that sense, we say. Be interesting to see how many restaurants participate in it. You, you could argue all of them will be because what's the penalty? Yeah, I think, I think pretty much everyone in that restaurant, pub, takeaway type food sector will absolutely be be participating in it. I don't, don't see why you wouldn't. And the other, I think the other important thing for those businesses is it's about breaking their, their behavioural change cycle. So we've seen already with the lockdown being eased, there's lots of people who are quite happy to kind of take a sort of more, uh, a more kind of carefree approach and get back out and go to the pub and, you know, get out and do things. But there are also an enormous amount of people who haven't done that and still feel nervous and don't feel safe. So we, you know, those businesses need to lure those people out of their homes, back into their businesses, spending money, and sort of prove to them that they will be safe. Mm. I think that's kind of the process we're going through now. It's kind of trying to make everyone feel comfortable in getting back to something that looks a little bit like normality. No, I, I can understand that comment there because I had to literally force myself out as well. Um, so I do understand that comment because I, I don't think there's any demographics because but how many people have are still in lockdown um and it was interesting i was reading a comment with aaron two weeks ago it was a barriers to restaurants now the government's willing us to go to restaurants so you can see how it's changed but you know people are used of possibly cooking at home now more and more and talking about cooking what what's cooking up for the stamp duty? <laughs> Great segue there, Brendan. Yeah, so the big headline change for stamp duty, I'm sure most people in our network would have already read, which is that there is a stamp duty holiday until um, I think it was March next year, it might be January or March next year, for all stamp duty on properties up to half a million pounds. Um, so what's interesting for me is who does that help? Well, it helps everyone buying a property, but who does it help the most? So I don't think it helps first-time buyers that much because first-time buyers already had a lower rate of stamp duty anyway. And their biggest challenge for most first-time buyers isn't stamp duty, it's getting together your deposit. So if your stamp duty is a bit lower, that does help a little bit because you could say that's part of your deposit really. 
But ultimately what first-time buyers need is they need affordable house prices and they also need um, mortgage availability. And mortgage availability in the 90 plus loan to value range is severely limited compared to where it was before. So you might now need a 10 or a 15% deposit, whereas before you might have needed a 5% deposit. Not for everyone, but for some, that, that will have a big impact on first-time buyer demand. So I don't think it helps them that much. Who I do think it helps is anyone looking to move up. So if you're in a starter flat at the moment, or you're in a two-bed house or something like that, and you're looking to start a family and move up to a three or a four-bed house, this is sort of the middle of the, of the ladder, this is fantastic news for you because most of those properties um, will have a stamp duty cost involved, particularly in London, particularly in the southeast, where 500,000 covers quite a, a large number of uh, properties in those kind of areas and those markets. Perhaps I could be a little bit less so up north, although there still are lots of people buying 300,000, 400,000 pound houses up north, and, and those will all benefit from this. So mover uppers, definitely the biggest winner for me. And I think it will encourage a lot of people who had plans to move anyway to kind of get on with it and do it. I don't think it will make people move who weren't planning on moving because clearly moving is a bigger choice than just saving a bit of stamp duty. Um, so positive for those guys. And then the other big winner, and I don't think I've seen any government policy for a long time where you can say this, but buy to let landlords were the other big winner. So they've still got to pay the 3% stamp duty levy, which is part of life now and has been for four years. Um, but lots of investment purchases would have carried the normal rate of stamp duty as well, and now they don't. So, um, and arguably, if you save kind of two or three percent on the purchase costs on an investment property, that could be the difference between you going for that property or not. And that dynamic's very different to someone moving up to a bigger house, where to be honest, it's kind of a nice to have, but it's not going to be the deal and end all. So. Um, they're the two big winners for me. It's the because I, I do wonder on 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 that, Daryl. You know about people moving up because the government also have given up to ten thousand pounds green grant for insulation, double glazing as well. Um, so I wonder how it, it's sort of like for me. There's a balance between encouraging people to move on and encouraging people to stay. Um, and maybe the government just wanted to be seen as green as well. And I was reading not. Yeah everyone will be entitled to £10,000. I think some will be entitled to 5000 I think it starts from September as well. But it's all, all of these things, they don't, you know, they don't necessarily make someone go and buy a property that wasn't thinking about buying one anyway. It's not what they do. But what they do is they encourage people to get on with it now. And, and the big danger at the start of all recessions really is that people put all of their investment plans on hold because they're nervous and they're worried. So this is there just to counter that sentiment and say, you might be a bit nervous about the future, but get on with it now, because actually you're gonna save a bit of money if you do it now. So it's kind of, it's worth it. The trade-off is worth it. And that's what these policies in, intend to do. And then I think the other group that should be excited about the stamp duty change are the developers. Because if you're building a site and you're coming to the end of that scheme now and looking to sell, it, you probably would have been pretty nervous about sales prospects going into this kind of market, but you've had two positive things happen in the past couple of months. We've had transaction levels hold up pretty well. We've had values hold up pretty well. And now you've got a stamp duty stimulus hopefully helps most of your buyers. So good for developers as well, I think, um, yesterday's announcement. Yeah, that, that's an interesting perspective because if it helps the buyer, it also helps the seller in, in that yeah. perspective. Daryl, is there anything else you want to add? 
Um, of course, we can remind people how to connect with you on Lendwell, but anything before we come to the other, conclusion? The other big policy that um, was the kind of one of the other headlines was the, uh, the, the changes to the job retention scheme. So what Rishi announced yesterday was that everyone who's currently furloughed who goes back to work, the business, so not, not the employee, but the employer, which is key, will receive £1,000 per employee um, bonus at the end of the year as long as those people are still employed. So that grabbed a lot of headlines. I must admit, I'm a bit skeptical of that one. I think if I, you know, if you're running a business and you've got staff and, you know, you're not generating the business in the, in the front door to be able to justify bringing them back, I'm not sure what difference the £1,000 bonus makes at the end of the year. Well, you say a £1,000 bonus, but it's a £1,000 bonus per employee. Uh, for me, that does sound much more tempting um you know depending on what, what size organization if it's a small organization maybe a thousand pounds is not going to make a huge difference but maybe a a large organization but what, what were you going to say daryl it's all relative to those staff costs isn't it so you, you think about even people on minimum wage and whatnot your you know your cost is probably a couple of grand a month realistically in, in having those staff in the business so you know five months between now and the end of the year that's 10 grand you get one grand back, you still spent nine. So for me, it doesn't, it doesn't, if I, it wouldn't make a difference to my decision-making process is what I'm saying, basically. It'd be kind of, if you need the job, then you keep the job. And the bonus is exactly what, what it is. It's a bonus. But I'm not sure to encourage people to keep jobs open that they're not sure about anyway. You know, businesses need to be confident that they've got the, they've got the business coming in. To my, my only question, Mark, on this, and I have to admit, I haven't researched it whatsoever, is there a possibility the thousand pounds is paid on the first of January, and then what happens on the second of January? Well, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's why they put the deadline in to make sure that the, you know, those jobs stay open for at least the rest of this year, and there's not kind of game playing around bringing people back, claiming a bonus, and then making redundancies the following week. But yeah, clearly that's a risk as the sort of economic consequences unfold more widely. So, Dow, uh, final questions or final comments? So, if, if you've got a final comment before we just remind people how to connect with you. Yeah, I just think my overall, I, I, was, um, I felt quite positive about yesterday's announcements. I think lots of things that help a little bit, and I think the stamp duty change in the short term probably helps the property market um, by a fair margin. Um, but we're not out of the woods. So, you know, still got to be mindful that there is. You know, there is a recession that's kind of facing us and that will bring wider challenges. Um, but it's good to see the government committed to doing what they can to help kind of take the sting out of it. Sure. Look, my, my final question then to you is, and this was what Philip Hammond was asked yesterday, I was listening in, what would he have done as Chancellor? What, 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 what do you think Rishi could have done differently? What, anything specifically? Or wait for part two? Yeah, I think I think it's a really good question. Um, I'd love to be chancellor for that, but that'd be interesting. Um, but you, I guess it, to a certain extent, I don't think this is the end of the story. So this is this is step one. I think if it was me, I probably wouldn't have done the stamp duty changes yesterday. I think I would do the stamp duty changes, but I would have waited a bit longer. And mm. um, but I think when we get into October, November, and the furlough scheme ends, there will be a part two from the government. This is about a kind of gradual stimulus package over a number of months. I don't think this is a kind of one and done deal and then we walk away and everything's okay. So I think there'll be more to come. 
And I think it will hopefully, my hope is it will be very sector targeted specific support for those sectors that are most impacted. So, you know, restaurant, pubs, hospitality, leisure, that kind of stuff, events, of course. Daryl, how can people reach Lendwell? So you can find me on LinkedIn, I'm quite active on there. And you can also find all of the Lendwell team on our website, which is www.lendwell.co.uk. Our emails are on there, mobile numbers on there. And um, very keen to hear from anyone looking for short-term property finance at the moment. Sure. Uh, to our listeners out there, I certainly will be doing a recap of the October budget as well, and whether there's a an emergency budget before October, which personally I think is is unlikely because parliamentary timetable usually uh, quite a long summer break whether it's going to be different for this year that's a possibility as well because this is certainly not a, a normal year by any stretch so look thanks to our listeners whether you're listening live whichever platform you're listening whether you're listening to my podcast or whether you're listening through facebook uh, massive thanks and thanks to daryl norker of lend well once again, massive thanks to Daryl Norcott from Lendwell for this interview. As I say, join us on a regular basis. Do check out my events at beacrinevents.com as well. So if you're interested in speaking or attending, visit my website or possibly being a sponsor, beacrinevents.com forward slash events, and you can catch the latest events what's taking place.